0: And you saw it in the title that, you know, why you can expect violent increase for your ministry, family, and in your life personally, why you, and how you can expect it to happen and why you should expect it to happen. Um, And I, and I, and we, we got a word from the Lord. I was, I was praying. I was praying on a drive from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Rochester, New York. And um, I, I had made up in my mind already, I'm going to, Uh, pray in the Holy Ghost through this entire drive, all the way from Pittsburgh, PA, all the way to Rochester, New York. I'm just going to pray. No music, no podcasts, no audio books, no preaching, teaching. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost and let the Lord speak to me about the future. And so I started driving. It was not 15 to 20 minutes into the drive that I heard the Lord begin to clearly speak. And um, the Lord spoke that it was time for us, my wife and I, to make a move. And um, it, it made no sense in the natural realm, literally made zero sense. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because first of all, where we were living, Virginia Beach, Virginia, was wonderful. It was a wonderful place to be, centrally located on the eastern uh on the East Coast, the Eastern Seaboard of the United States of America, uh, up or down, you could go north or south as an evangelist. You could travel out of there. The airport right there. Uh, love my uncle, my my aunt, my family, the church we were in, Dominion Christian Center. Loved them. It was great being there. Had a house there. You know, still still have a house there. But you know, everything set up perfectly. And as an evangelist, you know, you can really be anywhere. So it's not like you you would move for a job or you would move for an opportunity. I'm not pastoring. And, and it's not like, you know, well, an opportunity opened up in Florida. I better take this opportunity. It was nothing. You know, there's nothing like that. And in fact, when you get a word like that, especially when you're settled, you know, and you have children that are already, you know, set, rooted, whatever. It, it, and obviously, the older that you get, it, it, seemingly, the harder it becomes to make large choices like that. So you look at that in the natural realm and you think to yourself, well, you know what? That's, that doesn't really make any sense. That makes no sense. I mean, I'm, I'm here. Everything's great. Holy ghost church. My family's here. Got, uh, you know, we, we, is the first house we ever owned, bought it beautiful, loved it, loved living there, perfectly located, all those things. And you think to yourself, hey, God's already blessed us you know, and then your flesh tries to kick in. Well, uh, maybe this isn't the Lord. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Maybe the, maybe this is not. And it's a big choice. And I can tell you, really, there was two times in my life. And, let me, and I want to start by going to Genesis. This is where the Lord want me to take you today. So I want to read you Genesis 26. And then I'm going to explain these things to you. And explain how to see violent increase in your life, family, and ministry on a annual, daily, monthly basis, whatever, as often as you'll do it. God will bring you increase. So take a minute, if you would, share the broadcast because today is going to be an important insight from the word of God on how to see that thing explode in your life, how to see the blessings of God explode in your life. Violent increase, expedited favor for 2020. I'm gonna say a few things uh, that may be different than what you've heard before, but catch this in your spirit and get ready for the best year that you've ever had in your entire life. In Jesus' name, Genesis chapter 26, I want you to see this with me. The Bible says in verse one of Genesis 26, now there was a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt as your father Abraham did, but dwell in the land of which I will tell you. I believe it's the New Living Translation that says it that way. Don't go down into Egypt as your father Abraham did. But this is the ESV, and go into the land that I will tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you, for to to you and your offspring I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath That I swore to Abraham, your father, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and I will give to your offspring all these lands and in your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes and my laws. Look at verse six. So Isaac settled in Gerar. Now I want to stop there because this is an extremely vital point of this teaching is that God first speaks to Isaac to do something different than what had been previously done. He says, number one, do not go down to Egypt as your father Abraham did, but go to a land that I'll show you. And so notice, it probably would have been easier and there'd be less friction for Isaac to just have gone to Egypt like Abraham did. Because it was something that their family knew. And I'm sure it was something uh, that would have been, um, he'd have more knowledge. You know, his father had already been there. He knows what to expect. He knows, you know, it's easier to do things that you have knowledge of and that you know what to expect and you know where you're going. But God specifically spoke to him and said, don't do that. And I want you to write this in the comments because the Lord spoke this to me out of this passage in Genesis 26. He said, tradition cancels my transaction. Transaction tradition cancels god's transaction tradition cancels god's transaction well what we've always done it that way well that's how it's always been that's what we've always done that's how we've always this is how it's always been for our family this is just what we do this you know we're richardsons and this is what richardsons do you know that that's how people talk and that's how people carry on throughout their lives in fact very interesting point i was talking to somebody about this Um, just a couple of days ago. There's a book that came out years ago uh, by a man named Robert Kiyosaki. It's a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure you've heard of that book. Um, But in the book, he explains why uh, some people that have been poor for a long time, their families remain poor and why people that have been rich for a long time, their families remain rich and it really, his teaching is it had nothing to do with uh, you know, luck or it has nothing to do with opportunities. It has, it has everything to do with the way you discipline yourself in learned behaviors. That there are things that poor people do that rich people would never do. There's, people, there's things that rich people do that poor people do not do. And in the study of it, you can see clearly the habits that form outcomes and the decision-making process that brings you to an end result. And so in the same way, when I say tradition cancels God's transaction, that what we have to understand is God wants to speak to his children. He's got a word for his children and every person's word is unique to them. That's what you've got to understand. Every person's word is unique to them. So when God speaks to you, it may be completely different than what he's spoken to other people, even in your family. And so you can't go by tradition and say, well, this is what we've always done. This is who we are. You've got to do what God speaks to you to do. You have to get an instruction from the Lord for yourself and do what God tells you to do specifically. And so the Bible says here that God instructed him, literally, do not do what your father Abraham did. Do what I'm telling you to do. And so Isaac... Even to, to make the matter even more difficult in the natural realm, Isaac is looking at this and seeing this in a time of famine, looking at it in a in a time of famine and looking for God. He, God's, God's, God's actually telling him, settle in a land where there's a famine. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. God's saying, settle in a land where there's a famine currently, and Isaac literally believed God so much that he said, you know what? I I don't care. I don't care if there is a famine in Gerar. I could care less if you're telling me to do it. That's why I love verse six. So Isaac settled in Gerar. It's, it's funny because it has no, um, before this, it has no record in Genesis 26 of, of Isaac arguing with the Lord or, or uh, trying to debate God over what he asked him to do or you know, trying to make a deal with God to go to Egypt. He just listened to what God told him. He just listened to the instructions and he obeyed them. All it says about Isaac is, and Isaac settled in Gerar. Everything God said, I'll do it. And so understand God was doing something to bring a blessing God always does something to bring you a blessing. God never does something in your life to curse you, to hurt you, to destroy you, to diminish you, to decrease you. God always does things in your life as a child of God and of this kingdom to increase you, to bless you, to help you, to heal you. So anytime you receive an instruction from the Lord, you should know right off the bat, this is not coming to me to bring me decrease or to diminish my life. It's not coming to me to destroy my family or to bring me into a lesser position than what I was before. No, the instructions of God always bring you into the increase of God. That's why the Bible says in Isaiah 48 and verse 17, I am the Lord, your God that teaches you to profit profit. And leads you in the way that you should go. I'm the Lord, your God that teaches you to profit and leads you in the way that you should go. So understand what God is saying through the prophet Isaiah. I'm the one who leads you. I'm your shepherd. And as I lead you in the way you should go, I'm teaching you to profit. I'm teaching you to walk in gain, not decrease. I'm teaching you to walk in the increase of my spirit And so anytime God gives you an instruction for your family, business, or ministry, it's an instruction to bring you higher, not lower. Higher, not lower. In fact, I want you to type it by faith in the comments. I'm going higher, not lower. I'm going higher, not lower. I'm going higher, not lower in Jesus' name. And this is it. So Isaac settled in Gerar. Now watch this. As he's in this place, It's crazy to obey the the instructions of God like this in the natural because of the famine that's going on. But look at this. Because God spoke to him to do it, verse 12, Genesis 26, 12, and Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year, a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Hallelujah. The Lord blessed him. I feel the anointing on this broadcast right now. He's going to bless every one of you. Every faithful member of the kingdom of God, you're getting a blessing in 2020. It's going to blow people's mind to see what God does in this new year. I'm prophesying to you. It is going to blow people's minds to see what God does in this new year of 2020. He has a plan for his faithful people to take you into a place you've never been before, to take you into a position you have never been before. And it won't be subtle. And it's not going to be coincidental looking. It's not going to be something that can be swept under the rug in Jesus' name. It'll be so out in the open. It'll be so obvious and evident what God is doing in your life that it'll blow the minds of natural men. It's going to be a year of violent increase and expedited favor in the mighty name of Jesus. Look, and Isaac sowed in that land and reaped the same year, in the same year, a hundredfold. Listen to this. So powerful. The Bible says, and the Lord blessed him, and the man became rich in Jesus' name. I want to stop right there. And the man became rich. Why? Because the Lord blessed him? For every person that's out there who thinks God's not into wealth and riches, that God is not into making you uh, overflow in abundance, that doesn't agree with the message that God wants you to overflow, why would God use things like riches and wealth to bless his children, even in the old Testament under a a covenant that is not anywhere close to as good as the covenant we have with Jesus today. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter eight. We've got a better covenant established upon better promises. Why would God bless Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and Solomon? And the list goes on with his blessings this is Genesis 26, 12, Brittany. God blessed him. In the same year, he reaped a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. In verse 13, and the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. Now stop there. God didn't, wasn't satisfied with just making him rich. He continued to gain more and more until he became very wealthy. Hallelujah. He became very wealthy. I'm telling you, I don't care what happened in your family before you, before your generation. It's changing with you in Jesus' name. It is changing with you in Jesus' name. Your kids will not know or suffer through the things you suffered through as a child or growing up. You'll not have to deal with all the same issues uh, that your parents dealt with and grandparents dealt with. It changes with you in Jesus' name. And 2020, for many people, is going to be a turning point as they see the blessing of God explode in their lives through their faithfulness and obedience in Jesus' name. And the man became very rich, more and more, and became very wealthy. He had possessions, verse 14, of flocks and herds and many servants so that the Philistines envied him. Hallelujah. So that the Philistines, the people that didn't like God's people, that hated God's people, they envied God's man because of all that he had. Now look at this. They were so jealous, literally so jealous. Verse 15, now the Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. The Philistines trying to steal their blessing, trying to steal Isaac and Abraham and Jacob's blessing, tried to fill up all the wells with earth. So they couldn't have them. And look at this. Now the king, hallelujah, hallelujah. Say that Marie, 2020, we will have plenty in Jesus name. We will have plenty in Jesus name. Somebody follow her example. Pop it in the comments. I will have more than enough in 2020. I will have more than enough in 2020. We'll have plenty. God is making me rich. I want you to to put that in the comments. God is making me wealthy. God is making me wealthy. God is making me wealthy. And it comes through your obedience and faithfulness. That's the only way it comes. It's the only way it comes. God is making me wealthy in Jesus' name. God is making me wealthy in Jesus' name. We will have plenty in 2020. We'll have so much, it'll blow the minds of natural men. Now look what happened. The Bible says, now this was the king of the Philistines, by the way. The king came to Isaac and said, Go away from us. Go away from us. For you are much mightier than we. Go away from us. Hallelujah. You are much mightier than we are. Listen, the Bible says he had possession, he had possessions, so that the Philistines Envied him. Let me declare this: when you're faithful to the instructions of God, when you do what the Lord wants you to do, the things God will do in your life will cause the spirit of this world to envy you, to envy you. Hallelujah. This will make the ungodly jealous. And I and I don't know if you've ever confessed or believed like this in the past, but I want you to do it now. And I want you to put this in the comments section. The ungodly will be jealous of my blessing. I want you to write it in the comments section by faith. I think some people should write it in, in capital letters and kick the devil in the face and understand this. The ungodly will be jealous of my blessing. The ungodly will be jealous of my blessing. The ungodly will be jealous of my blessing in 2020. I want you to declare it and don't be ashamed of it. Do not be ashamed of it. The ungodly will be jealous of my blessing in Jesus' name. That's it. Write it. The ungodly. Well, brother, that's not walking in love. No, it's fulfilling Bible prophecy. It's fulfilling Bible prophecy. Listen to this. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. There's the prerequisite. His offspring will be mighty in the land and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Wealth and riches will be in his house. What will be in his house? Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness will endure forever. Look at verse 10 of Psalm 112. This is Bible prophecy being fulfilled. The wicked man will see it and become angry, and will gnash his teeth and melt away, and the desire of the wicked will perish. Hallelujah. The ungodly will be jealous of my blessing in 2020. The ungodly will be jealous of my blessing in 2020 in the mighty name of Jesus. It's Psalm 112 in verse 10. The wicked will see the blessings of the righteous, And become angry and will gnash his teeth and melt away. I'm so tired of seeing television shows that all that they do is outline the blessings that are on wicked people. I'm so sick of seeing, you know, back in the day there was that show on MTV, MTV Cribs. You know, it came out later. That's what I'm telling you, man. It it came out later that many of those people, those weren't even their homes or cars they were renting them for the show. It's like, what it's ridiculous. I'm so sick of seeing lifestyles of the rich and famous and looking at wicked people that don't even serve the Lord or honor God. And I'm supposed to sit back and look at somebody that doesn't even honor God and lives under a, a, a you know a bondage of sin and wickedness. And I have to sit back and watch them take what's the Lord's. No, that's not how it's gonna be. I'm, I, that's not how it's going to be. The ungodly are going to see my blessing, hallelujah. The ungodly are going to see my blessing and become jealous, hallelujah. The ungodly are going to see my blessing and become jealous. My wife was at a a birthday party here in our neighborhood with people. We just moved in, and uh, people didn't even know who she was, but they found out which house that she moved into, and they came over with that with that jealous tone, you know, oh, you're, you're the lady that bought the house with the nicest view on the block. (laughs) My wife came home and told me that I laughed and laughed and laughed, you know, I laughed. Why? Because all these people, many of them, you know, and we love them and we're going to spread the gospel to them, but they're not serving the Lord at this moment, but people see what God's done in your life. You know, what's even funnier. What's even funnier to me is when people come to ask you what you do, what do you do? You know, they—they they, what do they want you to say? Well, I'm—you know—I'm the president of a company. You know, th- you know, actually, uh, I'm a dentist. You know, and and people have no issue with it when it, when it's something in the natural. Well, I'm am a dentist. You know, well, I'm a doctor. You know, I'm I'm a very young surgeon. You know, and people are like, oh, that's wonderful. What a, what a beautiful house. And when you say actually, I'm an evangelist. I travel and preach the gospel, and people get saved. Oh oh, yeah. and then they then they shrink away and don't want to talk to you anymore. Happens wherever you go. You sit in first class on a plane. And people, you're awfully young. What do you do for a living? I'm a preacher. I I travel around the world and preach the gospel and people get saved and healed. Oh, and then they put their earbuds in don't want to talk to you for the rest of the flight. They were so talkative before they found out you were a preacher or a Christian. It's what happens. It's the Bible telling us that the ungodly, hallelujah, the ungodly will become angry. Why? Because that antichrist spirit does not want to see God's people blessed. But I'm telling you, for the faithful, for the obedient, 2020 is going to be a year where the ungodly will become jealous of the blessing that's upon your life. Why do we have to look at all their stuff? You know, why do I have to sit around and look at the jewelry that a rapper wears? Why do I have to sit around and look at the cars a rock star drives or the houses that somebody lives in? That Why do I have to sit back and look at it? It must be nice to serve the devil. Is that what I'm supposed to think? Is that how, is that what my kids are supposed to think? Is that, is that how my kids are supposed to think? Must be nice to serve the devil and not have to serve the Lord and live poor. Is that the God we serve? You know, it's ridiculous. You watch people in music videos, you know, flaunting all their stuff. I like what Dr. Fred Price said one time. I was listening. If you don't, if you've never heard of Dr. Fred Price, powerful man of God from California. Um, but he, he, he was teaching. This was back in the late seventies, eighties. And, um, you know, he had he had this understanding back before anybody was really preaching or teaching it. And people hated him for it. They hated him for it. And, um, you know, they told him. He, he was actually trying to get a new church building because his church was growing so fast that, uh, you know, they had no room for their people. And um, the, the county, had, the state had tried to buy Pepperdine University in California multiple times and couldn't get it. And then he went in and bought it and paid cash for it. And they told him, you'll never do that. You have just a little church in the ghetto. This is like what they would say to him. You know, you have, you have just a little church in the ghetto and uh, you'll never be able to get that, you know, with your, with your poor church people and all that. And it, it ticked him off. And so he went in there by the power of God and their church bought all of Pepperdine university, paid cash for it, you know, built the faith dome, all that stuff. But, um, he was teaching and he said, uh, (laughs) <laughs> he said he was out one day and a guy stopped him and saw him in public and he didn't know who the guy was but but the guy knew who he was I guess from being on television and stuff and he said, Brother Price and he, and he said, yeah, how are you? God bless you, man. He said, hey, can I can I talk to you for a minute? And he said, sure, what's up? And he said, well, I, I thought I would just let you know, you know, um, I guess you know what people are saying about you. He said, no, I don't know I don't know what they're saying. What are they, what are they saying about me? He said, well, you know, I, I don't want to say it, Brother Price. It's pretty bad. You know, it's pretty bad. And, and now, now Fred Price was like, you know, interested. Like what, what in the world is going around about me? What are people saying about me? He said, no, it's all right, brother. You can tell me what it is. He said, I don't know if I want to talk to you about it, Brother Price. He said, I, I thought you already knew. It's, it's It's pretty bad. He said, it's pretty bad. He said, oh, I'm not offended by it. You can just tell me what it is. You can just tell me what it is. And he said, the guy started to kind of whisper to him, he said, well, Brother Price, there's people going around that they're saying that you drive a Rolls Royce. (laughs) And he said, oh man, he said, don't let that bother you. He said, I do, I do drive, a. I do drive a Rolls Royce. (laughs) And the guy kind of was taken back by that fact. And, uh, but he he started to say, now, of course, his church was on Crenshaw, you know that, out in South Central uh, part of uh, <laughs> of California, where all the gang riots were going on, all the all that stuff, and you know that's, you know you know everything that was going on out there, and um, literally he said, ah, "Don't don't don't worry about, that. don't don't let that bother you." I do, he said, and then he started explaining that. What am I supposed to let these young people coming up see that in order to have anything nice in life, you have to serve the devil. You know, all these young people coming up, they're thinking, oh, I don't have to work, I don't have to be faithful, I don't have to do anything. All I gotta do is got to get a gun in my hand, join a gang, start robbing, stealing, de- dealing drugs, and then I can have a $75,000 Mercedes or a $90,000 Mercedes. Is that is that what I want these young people to see? or there, or should there be young people coming up that can see the blessing of God that comes upon the faithful those that that serve the Lord with gladness those that are faithful to the things of God those that actually will honor the covenant of God it, you know what am i supposed to do let an entire generation of people see that, you know, it doesn't pay to serve the Lord when the Bible plainly teaches that if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. The good of the land means the top stuff, not the barely get by, not survival mode, the good of the land, the good of the of, of the land. And understand, but see, I want you to understand because Marie, in one sense, and I know what you're saying, we don't serve God for the blessings. We have the blessings because we serve him. But I want you to understand that what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, God wants us to expect him to bless and reward us for serving him. It's like when people say we don't give to get, I give to get, because that is the exact covenant God set up in the earth. Say, so, well, brother, I don't give to get, I give because I love the Lord. Yes, but I also give to get because God's the one that said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will he cause men to give into your bosom? But look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11. And that's why we, we deal with these things because there's been so much said in church that is not scriptural. Look at this. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six. 6. It says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he that comes to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God wants us to know and expect his supernatural rewards if we'll obey his instructions. The Bible says, Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. You should expect as a child of God, to receive the rewards of God, to receive the blessings of God upon your life for serving him. And he wants you to, he wants you to. That's why the Bible, let me show you quickly the teaching of Jesus in Matthew chapter seven, when he was talking about earthly fathers ask, this is Matthew seven, seven through 11, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find Knock, and it'll it'll be opened to you. For everyone that asks, receives, everyone who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, it'll be opened. Or which one of you? If your son asks you for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks you for a fish, will you give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those that ask him? So understand, and I know, Marie, I know you understand it. But, but many don't. Many don't understand it. And they think, well, we don't, we don't serve God to get the blessings. I serve God to get the blessings. I serve God because I love him. And because I love him, I get the blessings. And he promised that. He has no issue. Do you know he has no issue with that? He's looking for people who expect a reward. That's faith. They expect a reward for their service to God. That's that's why it, you read in the New Testament, we're not to run Uh, The Bible says like those that are shadow boxing, beating the air for no reason, but run that we may obtain a reward. We're to run this race that we may obtain a reward. And that's what I'm believing for in 2020. Every person watching that you're faithful to the covenant, you're obedient to God's instruction for your life, you're going to obtain reward in 2020 like you've never seen. You're going to obtain reward in 2020 like you've never known in Jesus' name. Everything you touch is gonna flourish. Everything you touch is gonna increase by the power of God. For every person that remains faithful, every person that remains faithful and obedient to the covenant and to your personal instructions, you're going to flourish in every every area of your life in Jesus' name. Listen to this. So he tells him to do this in Genesis 26. It doesn't sound natural. It sounds abnormal. It takes faith to do it, but he does it anyway, and he stays in a land where there's famine, and then he sows in a land where there's famine, and then reaps a hundredfold, becomes very wealthy, very rich, and the Philistines envied him and asked him to move away. I'm telling you, You will be envied by the ungodly. You will be envied by the wicked in 2020 in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, I I know that things don't mean, you know, when I say things don't mean anything, they do mean something. But what I'm saying is like, I, I understand that natural things are not as important as spiritual things. I get that. I get that. Spiritual things are far more important than natural things. But natural things are also important. You know, the only people that say that money doesn't matter are people that have enough of it. You ever think about that? The only people on the earth that say money doesn't matter are the people that have enough and plenty of it. Because let me tell you, it matters to people that don't have it. I guarantee you that. It matters to people that are in abject poverty, it matters to people that can't keep their heat and lights on in the winter. It matters to people that can't clothe their kids or feed them properly. It matters to people that can't afford a good education. It matters. Things matter, and it's a stupid thing for people to say, "Oh, brother, things don't matter." Oh, they matter, and that's why God promised things as a blessing to His children. I hate hearing people say, "Well, brother, things don't matter." That's a stupid thing to say. Things matter. They don't. Ma- I understand that they don't matter as much as spiritual things. They don't matter as much as heaven. They don't matter as much, you know, as divine health. They don't matter as much as, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, I get that. But things matter. If they didn't matter, yeah, exactly. Jessica said, you wouldn't go to work all week at your job and not think you'll get a paycheck. You know, Who goes to their job and says like, you know, I'm just here to work because I love the community and I want the community to flourish. Things don't matter to me. You know what, in fact, don't worry about my paycheck. Just give it to somebody else. Nobody would say that. Things matter. And it's dumb when people say, well, brother, things don't matter. They matter very much. The only people that say that have plenty of things. So what, you're going to say they don't matter because you have more than enough? What about the people that don't? See, it, it does matter. And if it didn't matter then God would not use things to bless you. And you look throughout his entire word. And from Genesis all the way to the end, he used things to bless his people. Finances, gold, silver, properties, lands, livestock. I mean, clothing, whatever. He blessed his people with things because things do matter. And the ungodly, the wicked are going to be jealous of what you have in 2020. It is a Bible prophecy. And for the righteous, for the faithful, it's coming quickly to pass. Now, let me let me finish by telling you these stories quickly. When I was in Bible school, you know, I went back to work for my father for a year and I had to just do what the Lord spoke to me to do. And so, I had already promised my father that I would spend a year working with him, but when I was, I was praying and fasting about what I should do next in my life and ministry, and when I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma in February of 2003 at Winter Bible Seminar fasting and praying, I heard the Lord speak to me clearly to go and move myself to Virginia Beach, Virginia, and to help my uncle Terry Shuttlesworth uh, as he was planting and building Dominion Christian Center. And uh, so I, it wasn't an easy thing to do because I love my father so much and I love his ministry and I love all that he's doing for the Lord and he's my spiritual father. And so it's not an easy thing. And, you know, to go and see, you know, he, he was very kind and always has been very kind and opened doors for me and said, you can do as much as you want and here work in the office and travel and take meetings as much as you want. And uh, it was a wonderful uh, position to be in as a young evangelist. But I knew, and see, now this is where it's crazy because the, the Lord spoke this to me and it made zero sense in my mind, zero, because I knew I wasn't called to be a pastor. I was called to be an evangelist. So what sense does it make to then as an evangelist and already traveling some, what sense does it make as an evangelist to then go And go on staff as an associate pastor when you're called to be an evangelist. But see, I didn't decide that. The Lord is the one that spoke to me. And I was fasting and praying. And got that word from the Lord. And so it wasn't easy. It was something that was hard to do. To tell my father and mother, well, I feel to leave here and to leave West Virginia and to move down to Virginia Beach and to go on staff at the church. That wasn't an easy transition. But... You have to be faithful to do whatever the Lord tells you specifically to do. And if you don't, you will miss out on the blessings that God has for you. And I moved down there and I was on staff and I was there from uh, on staff and I really was helping from uh, 2001, really, all the way through 2010. Even when I was in Bible school, I was helping uh, some at the church and then went on full time uh, in June of 2003 and worked all the way until 2010 on staff and and helping, being a help however I could to my uncle uh, and, and doing that. It sounds crazy. It doesn't sound like what I should be doing as an evangelist, but it was the word of the Lord. And you've got to obey the word of the Lord for your own personal life. For Isaac, it didn't look normal. Why would you do that? Why would you not do what your father did? Why would you not go to Egypt? Why would you sow in a land of famine? Why would you stay there when it's a time of famine? It's because God said to. That's why. And I went down and the Lord blessed me. It was there. Of course, aside from all the powerful preaching, teaching, impartation uh, that I received at DCC, I also had the blessing of meeting my wife there. And if I'd have never been there, if I, I, I you think about this, if I'd, I've never, um, been in Virginia beach in the will of God doing what he asked me to do, think about this. I would have never met Carolyn ever. There would have been no way to meet her. I would have had no, no avenue to meet her. And without a doubt, you know, obviously other than my salvation and the baptism of the Holy spirit and the impartation of spiritual things that I've received, she's the greatest gift from God that I've ever received in my life. And you imagine if I would have just done my own thing, so I'm not doing that, I'm not going there, I'm not gonna, I'm not, that's too hard, that's too far, that's too much. If I'd have done all that and said, whatever was easy on my flesh, I would have never, not let alone not received the, the teaching, the preaching, the impartation, the, the revelation, but also the greatest gift of my life, my wife, Carolyn. I would have never, ever received that blessing from the Lord, but because I was in the right place at the right time doing what God asked me to do, I received that blessing as well. And you've heard me tell the story of when she came in and I saw her for the first time and I tell the funny story, you know, I I locked eyes and saw her and all that stuff. But God, God blessed me with Carolyn. She's a blessing. She's an amazing blessing in this ministry and in my life and to our children. It's unbelievable. And God gave me her. And so I would have never been in that position to receive that blessing had I not obeyed something that didn't seem normal. You know, it was abnormal. It was unnatural, it seemed, but God had a plan. And then as I was uh, there with my uncle and working and, and doing everything that I could, I felt another call from the Lord, which was to begin now that I'd been there for seven, eight years, to start traveling again full time. So obviously there was something that the Lord wanted me to receive In that period of seven to eight years from Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, from Dominion Christian Center, or God would have never put me there. And so he put me there and I received and then the Lord spoke again. He didn't speak to me. He didn't speak to me in that period, not once. The Lord never spoke to me in the period between 2003 to 2010 to to do anything else. He didn't speak to me to evangelize. He didn't speak to me to travel. There was a couple times that I went out just on invitation, but it was not an instruction to leave and go do something else. God did not speak to me another instruction until the end of 2009, when it was time again to make a transition. And it's it's not easy. And then you got to go in and I I spoke with him and he's a prophet. So he understands. And my uncle knew what was coming before I ever spoke to him by the spirit. He knew. And I spoke to him about what the Lord was asking me to do. And then I started to travel from 2010, 2010 full time, Carolyn and I with our, our newly born daughter, Madeline went on the road, two weeks old. She was two weeks old and we packed up the car and started traveling. That's Jenna, <laughs> Jenna's there on the comments. Jenna said, you wouldn't have met me either. Just saying, that's right. We would have never had the ability to hire and fire Jenna every week. And so, yes, Jenna is also a blessing. And, uh, and we tra- started traveling two weeks old. That's how old Maddie was. And we started traveling to our first meetings and 2010, we took off in full-time evangelistic ministry. And then we continued doing that with no further instructions about life changes from the Lord until we hit 20, what was it? The end of 20, 2017. And then the Lord spoke again. And the Lord spoke again and said, it's time to make a move. And we we that's the story I was telling you when I was driving from Pittsburgh to Rochester. And I heard the Lord clearly as I was praying to the Holy Ghost, say it's time to move and take your family, from Virginia to Florida now there was zero reason to move that's what's crazy there was no reason we were set up beautifully in Virginia church there family there uh, house there all of our friends there we didn't really have you know I had a couple of friends here in Florida at the time and uh, there was no reason other than the Holy Spirit said to go and so we left we left there rented out our house in Virginia. Packed up a truck, moved to Florida, and this is now what, two and a half, almost, yeah, it's about two and a half years ago. Moved here to Florida, found a beautiful house that God blessed us with, we started to rent that house, and then literally, God, and then, now watch this. God brought you, uh, Lena, thank you, we love you too, and I thank God, Holy Spirit, for that move. And God brought us to Florida to Abundant Life Church, and here we are, and and God brought us into that beautiful home uh, to rent, put us in a beautiful place, And then this March, this March, we started to confess, came out of our spirits. God's going to bless us so abundantly. God's going to bless us so violently and quickly that we will have to run to keep up with the blessing. We'll have to run to keep up with the blessing. And then look what happened is that all these nations started opening up and I was overseas so much this year. And in fact, when it was time that our, our landlord that that was uh, renting us the other house, uh, and Sarah, let me get to that in a moment. Uh, yeah, that's right. And I'll, t- I'll talk about that in a second too, Britt. But when the, when the landlord that was rent that we were renting the house from decided he wanted to sell the house, we had to move cause he was selling it to someone. Uh, I was overseas for the entire thing. You talk about how quickly God blessed us and, and we already needed more space. One thing for the studio that we're building out, other things we're doing with the family. And so we needed more space than we had. And literally I spoke to the Lord and so did Carolyn that, Uh, we didn't want to even leave this development. We loved it so much what God had blessed us with. And God opened up this home that I'm sitting in now, literally opened up this home. Can I tell you the supernatural truth about it? Sitting here, this house had sat here for almost two years, which is unheard of in this area. Just sat here for two years waiting for me and my wife. And literally the owner of this home dropped the price over $100,000, $100,000. That basically goes into our family and then gave me $15,000 as we were closing on the house. I'm telling you, it's supernatural. God set it aside. Do you know, without even me knowing it, I would get out of my neighborhood and I would walk the roads and I would walk this ho- by this house on the street every day about probably 18 times praying in the Holy Ghost. And God brought us every step of the way. Open this house. It was ours. When other do you know how many people tried to get this house before us and couldn't get it. Things kept on falling through. People would buy it. It would be under contract and then they would drop out. People would get it and would be under contract. Financing wouldn't come through. People would get it, be under contract, couldn't get money in from another country to buy it. All these different things. God set it here for us. Beautiful. Best lot on the entire block in the entire neighborhood. In this neighborhood. Best lot sitting in the back. That's why the lady said that to my wife. God set it aside. If I'd have never obeyed him, And this house is far better, far better than the the one that we had before. But I'm telling you, if we'd have never obeyed the voice of the Lord. And then you look at all the ministry increase that happened as we began to move. Then nations opened up. I wasn't traveling to other nations before. Nations started to open up. Much easier to travel from here as well. Much easier to travel from here. Nations opened up. Then television opened up. Then all these other things. Nonstop, mom and the kids and all that. All these things begin to develop and the resources begin to come in. People are being blessed all over the place. What's happening? God has a plan to violently increase your life, your family, your ministry. What does it take in order to walk in that kind of a blessing? It takes being able to do what God speaks to you to do. It takes being able to do what God speaks to you personally to do. That's why I did a I did a podcast. I did a a podcast on this one time. Before I say that, you guys are right. Uh, And Sarah, no, I did not wait for a confirmation from the Lord because I can hear his voice. I can hear his voice and I know his voice. And I know it wasn't my flesh. I've always hated Florida. In fact, to this day, I don't care for Florida, any other place than where I live. This Boca Raton, Fort Lauderdale area is the only place I like in Florida. Isn't that, That's funny to me. Like, I've never cared for Florida. I don't like, you know, I don't, I don't like, I just don't like it. I don't know what it is. I love it here. I love where God brought me and I love this area, but I'm not a huge fan of Florida. It's the funniest thing. And my wife lived here and grew up here and she said, I'm never going back. She said, I'll never go back there. I'll never move, move back there to live. And God had to work on both of our hearts and turned it. So, you know, it wasn't our own desire. It's like, man, it'd be nice to live in Florida. I never thought that. I never, ever had that thought process in my entire life. Man, it'd be really, I'd really love to live in, and people said that kind of stuff to me after I made it public that that's what we were doing. Oh, it must have been really hard to hear the Lord to move down to South Florida. I bet that took a lot of faith. It did, because I didn't care for Florida, didn't want to be here. My wife said she'd never come back here so people can be funny and you know snarky if they want, must have took a lot of faith to move to South Florida. It did take a lot of faith because I, I I had no desire to come and no reason to come and it, it costs way more to live here than it does to live in Virginia. The, the price of living here is, is is much higher. So yes, it actually did take a lot of faith to do that. but I only did it because the Lord said to do it. That's the only reason and Sarah I didn't I didn't uh, I did not wait. For a, for a confirmation from the Lord um, because it came so instantly. It came so instantly. I, um, I'll tell you how that came, Sarah. I didn't have to wait for a confirmation from the Lord because it came so instantly. I heard his voice and um, I called my friend, Sean, who, who is Bishop Rick's son here in Florida. And um, I called him up and I said, um, hey man, what are you doing? After I got that, got that word from the Lord, I just called him up to talk. I wasn't gonna tell him anything that God spoke to me or anything. I said, "How you doing?" And he said, it's, uh, "I'm doing good, man." He said, "We just," um, I, he said, "I just got out of a meeting where we were planning our our New Year's Word of the Lord service with the team and with my dad." I said, "That's cool." I said, um, "What's the theme that you're doing for the New Year at the church?" <laughs> he said, "It's just a one-word theme." I said, "Really? What is it? What's what's the word?" He said, it's, we're calling it MOVE. <laughs> and that really was the theme for the year for Abundant Life. I knew none of that. And it's funny, anybody that's watching from Abundant Life, if you're watching from the church, if you were there a few years ago, you'll remember that that was the theme for the entire year, MOVE. I didn't know that. And so the Lord speaks to me in prayer, it's time to move. You're moving to Florida. And I call him up five minutes later. And I said, hey, what are you doing? I'm in a word of the Lord service. What, what, what was what was the, uh, what's the word? Move. That, that's exactly what he told me on the phone. So to answer your question, Sarah, I, uh, I didn't need to wait for confirmation because that happened like right after. And uh, it was supernatural. I called my wife, Lena, you probably remember that. I called Carolyn. It was like midnight or close to it. And I said, uh, the Lord just spoke to me in prayer. I mean, it like completely took, she was already sleepy, ready for bed. <laughs> and I was like, the Lord just spoke to me in prayer that we're supposed to move to South Florida. Then now, you know, now she's up. She can't go to bed. You're like, what in the world? You know, and, and, and now she's praying it through. And the Lord spoke to her. The Lord spoke to me. And we had perfect peace. And the Lord, and we can see now why. God had a plan to bless us. God had a plan to increase us. What does it take? It takes you being able To hear a specific word from the Lord for yourself might be different, may not seem like everything else or everybody else, but you've got to be faithful to do it because God has a specific plan for you, for your life. That's why I can't tell you what it is. I don't have a word for you. People say, do you have a word for me? I'm not the Holy Spirit. And unless he gives me a word, I cannot give you a word. I can't make one up. I can't manufacture a word. It has to be the Lord. And he'll speak to you, just like he speaks to me. And you have to get that word. See, because if you don't, you're not in the middle of the will of God. I need to know his plan. Do you know, and I'll, I'll finish the thought with this. I did a podcast on this. And um, I ask every man of God that I've ever met that has changed his generation, his nation, other nations, impacted the world. I always ask them, what's the one thing you would go back and tell the 30-year-old you or whatever, if you could go back and tell all the knowledge you've gained, revelation, wisdom, what would you go back and tell the 30-year-old you? And do you know 90-some percent of them all gave me the exact same answer without knowing the other people? They don't know each other and they don't know what the others have said, but they all say the same thing. You know what it is? Here's the word they give me. If I could go back 30 year, to my 30-year-old self, I would tell them this find out God's plan for your life and do only that for the rest of your life. Discover God's plan for your life and do only that for the rest of your life. That's where the blessing is. And it's so amazing that they all say the same thing to me. Do only what the Lord tells you to do. Why? That's where the blessing is. And that's what's gonna take place in 2020. God's gonna give you this direction that we've been praying, take December, get your word, get your direction, get your instruction from the Lord. It may not be to move. You don't have to move. But what I'm saying is God's got a plan and a direction for your family. What is it? Discover it. And once you discover it, don't let go of it. Don't let people pull you off of it. You know how many people tried to discourage me multiple times in my life from doing the things the Lord's asked me to do? Many but I don't sit there and say, well, you know, so-and-so didn't like it, so I guess I shouldn't do it. The only one, remember this. This is so vital you remember this. The only one who will answer to God for your life and what you do at the end of life is you. Your pastor won't answer for what you do. No, Nobody else. You will answer to God because he speaks to you. You can't say, well, you know, I, I tried to do that, Lord, and people discouraged me from doing it, so I just didn't do it. No, he is speaking to you. He wants you to obey him. He's speaking to you and he wants you to obey him. I'm going to pray at the end of the broadcast for everybody watching that no matter what it is that God's asking you to do, that you'll be able to quickly, quickly do it. And that's why this final month, we've got literally days left in this month before we cross over into a new year. Literally just days left. And what I'm going to ask the Lord is that you could get a quick word for 2020, a quick direction so that you can prepare yourself in prayer and fasting and sowing for what God has for you in 2020. So every person that's watching, I want you to listen and I want you to receive this prayer because God's got a plan to make you blessed and wealthy and see violent increase that'll make the ungodly jealous in 2020. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person watching, whether live or on the replay, maybe they're listening to the podcast. Lord, in Jesus' name, I ask you now, Speak clearly to your people. Let them hear what you're saying. Let them hear your plan for this upcoming year. Let them have clarity so that they can run with the vision you've placed in their heart, your plan for their life in Jesus' name. Give them the faith to step out as you gave me. I know that's what we need, Lord. We always need the faith and the boldness to step out when you speak to us. So Lord, do that for your people today. Give them the faith and the boldness to step out and accomplish what you're asking them to do in 2020. And I thank you, Lord, that as we obey your word, not only your written word, but your spoken word, what you say to us personally, as we obey it, increase is coming to every one of us that are faithful to the covenant. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. It's good to see Johnny on today. Johnny Phoenix, love you, buddy. Good to see you on the broadcast. Listen, I want you to also be prayerful about this. What is God asking you to sow today? What is God asking you to sow? What seed can you release into the kingdom of God that's going to bring increase in your family and in your life? Don't wait for January to hit before you begin to sow seeds of faith. Sow and get seed into the ground that will cause you to excel and overflow in 2020. Take a step of faith at the end of this year and sow something significant that means something to you that will bring a harvest. Do you believe, let me ask you, do you believe that 2020 can be a year that your debts are canceled? Literally, credit cards paid off, student loan debt canceled, cars paid off, homes paid off, that you'll overflow. Do you believe 2020 can be that kind of a year for you? that the weight of whatever was on your shoulders in 2019, 2018, 2017 will be lifted off by the power of God? Can you believe like that? Do you believe that's something God can do for you? I do, I do believe that. I do believe that God will take you into a place of overflow, that's his desire. Not for you to be in debt, for you to be free from it and to begin to build wealth in the kingdom of God so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. In fact, I want you to write that, before we do anything else, put it in the comments. I'll be a blessing to my generation in 2020. I'll be a blessing to my generation in 2020 in Jesus name. What's it going to take? What kind of a seed are you willing to release into the kingdom by faith? God only answers seed harvest only answers to seed. All faith is a seed. God, that's how he responds. He responds to your faith so what, what are you willing to do? That's why you've got to ask the Lord. In the same way that you ask him about what you should do with your life is the same way you should ask him about what you should do in your sowing life. What can I sow to be a blessing to my generation? What will take me into the overflow? And I want to encourage you to sow that seed right now. If you're watching on Facebook or if you're watching on Periscope, you can put hashtag donate in the comment section. It's on the screen right now. If you'd like to go to miracleword.com, you can give there on the website or even partner with us on the website as well. Uh, Info at miracleword.com if you would like to um, give by PayPal. We have a new cash tag on Cash App. MWgive. MWgive. And you can do it by Cash App. That's an... Interesting question, Johnny said, ever notice you never share your food until you're full? Oh, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I've never thought of that, Johnny. You never share your food until you're full. You eat until you're full, and then you begin to share. I see what you're saying. So that God wants to fill you to your full and overflowing, and then it's your overflow that begins to touch others. That's a great point, that you ne- God doesn't want you to have to go without so that others can be blessed. There's plenty to go around in this generation. There's plenty to go around in this generation. That's an excellent thought, Johnny. He wants us to go full, and it's our overflow that touches others. Yes, that is a powerful analogy. I like that. God doesn't want you to have to go without so that others can be blessed. There's enough in the kingdom of heaven that everyone can overflow. My friend recently just purchased a new building for his church. And I think he ended up paying $3 for the building, and then there's millions going into renovations. As soon as he purchased that building for the growing church that he's pastoring, do you know what they started writing about him in the papers? Look at this. Here comes another one of these money churches. Here comes another one of these prosperity churches. Do you know all that you could do with $3 million? I mean, like that's the kind of stuff that people say when God starts blessing you. Let the heathen rage. When God blesses you, don't be apologetic for the blessing. Thank you, Chad, for sowing a seed. Thank you, Chad, for sowing today. Those of you that are following his example, hashtag donate in the comments, uh, miracleword.com if you'd like to do that. I always be, I'm reminded by someone in the broadcast to, to uh, talk about the mailing address. If you still give by writing out a check, putting it in an envelope and mailing it through the U.S. Postal Service to someone else's mailbox where they can then open it, open the envelope, take it down to the bank, endorse it, have it deposited and five to seven business days later it be available in the account. Then you can also sew by check today by mailing it to P.O. Box 65116, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23467. P.O. Box 65116, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Two three four six seven, and that website—that's also on the website as well. If you go to miracleword.com at the very bottom in the footer, you'll see the mailing address on the website. If you didn't get to write it down, <laughs> I love you. Thanks, Jennifer, for popping that up. PO Box six five one one six, Virginia Beach, Virginia two three four six seven. I love you, Andrew. I love you, Britt. Guys, don't miss out on this upcoming Miracle Word Kids Party Friday night at six. It's gonna be—it's gonna be great. And then we've got two brand new Miracle Word University courses coming for December. Uh, Mountain Moving Faith is the first course. And then we're going to be launching the uh, Worship Keyboard and Piano course to give teaching and tutorial for anybody that wants to learn more about playing the keyboard or the piano uh, in a worship setting at your church Uh, We're going to instruct you, and it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited about both of those. You're not going to want to miss out on that. If you didn't get a chance to sign up for the new magazine that ships in a couple of weeks for the December 2020 Winter Edition, uh, you're going to want to sign up. MiracleWord.com. Click on the magazine. Fill out the form. If you've already done it, please don't do it again. But if you haven't done it, please do it. I love you guys. Thanks to everybody that's sewing on the website, Cash App, PayPal. Thank you for sewing in the comments. And we love you guys. Thank you, by the way, to everybody that's mailing large checks (laughs) to P.O. Box 65116, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23467. We love you guys so much. I'll be back again tomorrow morning, 1030. It's going to be a great day. Have a powerful and a blessed day today. And uh, I'll see you guys again very soon. Bye.